Any Scene Podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of Any Scene. My name is Brittany Boot, and I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. I'm John Popko, and I work in radio for Rock 107, Alt 92.1, and ESPN Radio. And we're here with uh, Alex from Threat Points and Joe from Beyond Fallen. How are you doing? We're doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're uh, we're here to talk about uh, the NEPA Metal Meltdown, which is uh, coming up uh, next Friday and Saturday at uh, the Irish Wolf Pub in Scranton, and uh, of course uh, all the music that they've uh, put out the last few years and uh, what the uh, metal scene is like around here and all that good stuff. So if you're a metal fan, uh, throw your horns up the entire time, and if you can type with those two fingers, uh, type some <laughs> comments to us. Uh, ask us questions, whatever you want, and uh, you know we can answer those live uh, right on the air. But uh, let's get started with uh, with the basics. So, how did you guys uh, get into your respective bands in the first place? Have you done other stuff before that, or did it lead into the the bands that you're doing now, or are these your first bands? Um, yeah, I I've been with a few bands uh, in the area, out of the area, uh, in New York, and. Um, you know, just playing gigs. I mean, we're going, going back pretty far. So, um, I wasn't wasn't doing anything for a couple of years, and I was looking for something to do. Uh, this was in 2003, and uh, Steve, our guitar player from Beyond Fallen, uh, got a hold of me and uh, didn't know him at that point, and he uh, he wanted me to come down and try out. And I said, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to get into doing, because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go. <laughs> balls out, you know, and it's gonna take, it's gonna consume my life, and I had to think about it. So I went down to see them practice, and I was like, yeah, I, I think I might, might try this. And uh, one thing led to another, and we we went out there and stumbled along for a little while, and uh, and started doing more of our own music. We started, we got together, did a whole bunch of covers, and uh, and we put out a couple CDs. And next thing you know, we 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 got a deal, and we went to Germany and. A whole bunch of cool stuff happened, and you know, and that was it. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of, kind of got picked as, you know, being the circus ringleader or something of this crazy circus ring. You make it sound so easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just went to practice, went to Germany. You know, Nobody yeah. Did. And it, it uh, you know, it's it's been fun. You know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Now, was the, the the Germany thing that was that was probably a, a crucial point in, in the in the band? Like, oh, this is a big thing. Like, this is something that is going to propel yeah. the band forward. And, and, and yeah, we couldn't believe it. it. And and when we first we got you know we got the gig to play over at the festival and do these other dates, um, you know, we were oh okay now we got to make it happen. Well, what do we do? Oh, we have to get passports and we have to get this and <laughs> how do we get our equipment there and how do you do all these things? So yeah, we had a lot of friends. Uh, that had done these things, and we talked to them, and um, and they gave us advice on you know some things of what to do because we we didn't know we'd never traveled like that before, and uh, it was it was a great experience. It was it was pretty amazing, you know. I mean, halfway through the set, I remember I was like, I was like almost in tears because I was like, it kind of hit me that I was in another country, yeah. and I was on stage, and there was you know thousands of people, and and you know it just kind of hit you that it's like wow we never did anything like this before so it was, it was kind of humbling you know how about you Alex 
uh, started playing in bands back in high school. I did, you know, I did metal bands. I was in cover bands, acoustic, alternative. Did a little country, and then it was around college I met um, CJ, who's the current drummer in Threat Point, and I was in his old band with uh, Sam, the original bassist from Threat Point. You know, we played maybe a year and a half for two years. Then we, you know, we broke up. Me, CJ, and Sam still wanted to jam, and Chris, his band around that time, broke up as well, and we had known his old band from playing out. Right. And the one who actually hooked us up was Matt Van Fleet, who's our current bass player, because he knew all of us, and he said, you know, these guys are looking for a singer. You know, we, we hooked up with him, and many lineup changes later, Matt Van Fleet is now in the band. Yeah. Which is cool, so it's kind of, you know, come full circle. And we back in 2012, so we had our, our five-year anniversary, which was cool. That's awesome. We played a lot of shows you know, around the country. We haven't made it overseas yet. We're hoping to do that. And we, we've done a lot of shows together, too. That's how we, you know, we know each other. We've, uh, yeah, we've done many shows with these done guys. some good shows and done some shows where we played to the bartender. And, yeah. You know, we've, we've done a little bit of everything. But they're, they're great guys to, to play with and, and, and great uh, hardworking people on the on the scene here that uh, I don't think people realize that, that when you see another band do that they they are they're very hardworking guys and um, yeah, it's great to hook up with bands like like Beyond Fallen you know just same mindset go out play right. kill it every night no matter if you're playing to one person <laughs> or hundreds of thousands yeah now you guys you guys tour quite a bit uh, you know you'll go out for a couple of weeks and you know go around the country and uh, different states and stuff like that how does that compare to a lot of the shows here because I mean, we had we had a you know band a few weeks ago and we talked about this you know the the scene going up and down and you right. know people used to come in droves to shows no matter who was playing and now it's you know much harder to get people to come out so how does that compare to you know what, what you've seen around the country it's it's almost weird there's almost I guess like pockets of where like metal is like the thing to go to. Mm. Usually the places where you least expect it. We played literally a backwoods venue in West Virginia to like 300 people that were just going ape shit. <laughs> and that's when you got out of the car, you're looking at it. You're like, we're playing here, and it's the shows like that where people just lose their minds, and it's, yeah. it's really cool. Virginia, West Virginia, up to New England. We just did Maine, which is we played there a couple times, and the the metal scene up there is killer. You know couple of pockets. Oklahoma was really good. We did El Paso, Texas, which was really good. For some reason I wasn't expecting that to be you know, much of a, a metal scene, but Right. You think more country in Texas, right. but you know, I, I yeah, I guess I, I would imagine there would be a, a good amount of metalheads still still down there. Somewhere. On the other hand, like you know, people are the same in a lot of places you go. Even you go to another country or you go halfway across the country and play. Mm -hmm. Um you know, a lot of people are the same. They might they might have a different accent or they might speak a different language or something like that. But um, you know, people that are passionate about music are, are, are pretty much the same every everywhere you go. And like he said, you know, it's kind of hit and miss where you know, there's these pockets that you don't really expect uh, different places. And I think uh, around here in northeastern Pennsylvania, I, I, I think we kind of take it for granted because even with the meltdown that we're doing. There's bands coming from from some different areas that we we have, and they they love it. You know, coming here, they're like, "Oh, you guys have such a great thing here. We love coming here." And I think we kind of take it for granted that we don't really have much going on here, but you know, we really do. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of good, like metal bands in this area or around the yeah. immediate area. 
Yeah, it seems like there there is there there has been for a long time too. Like I know you know growing up, like I was uh, you know like one of the only metal kids in high school, and so uh, you know I would have to drive pretty far to find stuff. And then one day uh, it, it was it was a it was a weird thing, but uh, Drowning Pool when they first started out and they first had their their big hit and everything like that, they had some kind of contest where however many albums that they sold, they would go to the place where they sold the most albums. And it ended up being in northeastern Pennsylvania. So they did a free oh. show with the original singer before he died. It was maybe within a year uh, before before he died, um, outside the Gallery of Sound. <laughs> and it, it was a free show in their parking lot. It was amazing. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit, there That's are awesome. metalheads here. There are a lot of, you know, I, I, I'm not the only one, you know. And same thing when you see, you know, a lot of the uh, metal festivals used to come to Montage, you know, when they, when they had them for a while, OzFest and all. You know the the kind of ripoffs that they've had thereafter that are very similar to Ozfest, but not exactly the same thing. The Rockstar Energy Drink, whatever they were, and uh, and there were a lot of people who would come out to those. So I mean, it's it's there. It's definitely there. But as a as a I independent bands uh, who don't have you know record companies which can go either way, uh, you know for or against you, uh, what are what are the the challenges that you guys face to get people to come out and to uh, to get your music out there to people. We were, we were just talking about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago online. We were talking about how, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to find, well, what's what's the reason? What's the excuses people have? And what, mm -hmm. you know, what can we do better to get people out? And, you know, it's a, it's a different thing than it, than it is 20 years ago. So you have to kind of adapt to different things and adapt to the new technologies and, th you know, different ways of reaching people. And, um, and you know, one of the things that kept coming up was there, there's this this unwritten law that the shows have to go on from ten to two, mm. and that was that was uh, quite a debate because you you know we were, yeah, we were yeah, talking we, we, about we that. talked about it on one of the and, shows um, a couple weeks ago, and and that was and nobody really knows why that's that's <laughs> that, it's that way because right. you know there's a lot of different things you can do to work around that, and um, and a lot of people said yeah you know I, I would do it if if it wasn't the commitment of being there till two o'clock in the morning mm. when you do a multi-band show you have you might have three or four bands. That, well, headliner is going to go on at one o'clock in the morning or something. Right. Know? I mean, the air is out of the room by then, pretty much. You know, <laughs> you try to get people going, but yeah, I mean, nature. That comes back to that just, starting early. People are yep. worn down. So, um, so that was something discussed. So try to maybe do shows a little earlier. Yeah. Maybe uh, start them a little earlier, and then have that last hour a time for the band to mingle, hang out, not just you know we're loading up our stuff and out of here. Sure. Um, and keep the party going. And have the music stop at you know a little bit earlier. Um, of course, the bars you know might not like that. They want to sell drinks till the end, but you yeah, know, they're losing a lot of people it, by it going late. Probably balances so, out, you would think. Um, you know, it's a different world than it, than it was twenty or thirty years ago. So, um, you know, the, the the commitment to hang out in the bars isn't isn't there as, as people uh, had it. So that's one of the things. The smoking is another thing that's come up. Mm. Um, the smokers on one side, the non-smokers on the other. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't want to. They don't want to go into the bar and smoke. And I personally don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, having to do a gig and, and, and something like that, it you know, takes a little bit of edge off. Um, but there's places that don't have smoking, so the band's playing, and half the people are outside smoking. So that's right. Um, but I think it's leaning more towards people want to be. They want to be able to go to shows and be comfortable and. 
most people don't smoke. So they don't want to be in a smoky bar. So it's the early start and the smoky bars that people complain about. Um, so it's, know, a, it's a lot more about the, the accommodations than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to do things to adapt, you know, to, to, to what people maybe want. And if they still make excuses after that, then, then I don't know. We've done our part. But, right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, you can only do so much. But it is a challenge. That, that, and it, like going back to what you said, the challenge is getting people out, right? And right. Yeah, I agree 100% with it's, everything that you It's difficult. Said. Mm. It, Early it's, start, smoking. There's so many variables, like I feel like, that go into it. Like time yeah. of year, uh, things like that. Like I know like mm -hmm. January, I had a show in yeah. January that it was just oh, it's great like band. Teeth. Yeah, like just impossible to get people out, you know. It's just so many things go into it, I feel like. That, you know, we, we have the same thing with our open mics, too. You know, we would have kind of that fluctuating because we would pack the place, you know, when the weather was good. Yeah. Uh, but not too good. And it kind of had to be in the middle somewhere. If it's hot and it's summer, it's like, no, nah, I don't want to be, be in the bar. Inside, I don't outside. want to be there. But yeah. if it's too cold, well, I don't want to leave my house. So I'm not going to yeah. come out. You know, I'm not going to leave my warm blanket. So or, we don't do as much in the winter. You know, yeah. We usually save the winter for writing and taking care of other things. And, um, Regrouping, because you know you travel. These guys will, these guys will travel too, and they'll tell you, you know, sometimes it's yeah, the winter's definitely tougher. It's 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 tough, and it's hit and miss because you don't know if you're going to hit a blizzard. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get right. the show, and if it's a flop because it snowed. Sure. So, um, and you don't want to, you know, wreck your van or something. Yeah, you know, and, you know let's face it, it costs money to, to put these things on. So right, you have to think about it. I'd imagine the same goes for uh, the the metal meltdown as well. Putting that together probably, you know, uh, it takes a lot of time, energy, and, and money out of your own pocket to put something like yeah. that together. Yeah, I mean, we're into our fourth year of, of doing it now, and um, you know, we, we still have very small. This year was was rough because we were trying to uh, trying to recover for some from some things that happened that weren't necessarily necessarily our fault. Right. Um, but the change of venue and things. Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. My name is Brittany Boot, and I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. I'm John Popko, and I work in radio for Rock 107, Alt 92.1, and ESPN Radio. And we're here with uh, Alex from Threat Points and Joe from Beyond Fallen. How are you doing? We're doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're uh, we're here to talk about uh, the NEPA Metal Meltdown, which is uh, coming up uh, next Friday and Saturday at uh, the Irish Wolf Pub in Scranton, and uh, of course uh, all the music that they've uh, put out the last few years and uh, what the uh, metal scene is like around here and all that good stuff. So if you're a metal fan, uh, throw your horns up the entire time, and if you can type with those two fingers, uh, type some <laughs> comments to us. Uh, ask us questions, whatever you want, and uh, you know we can answer those live uh, right on the air. But uh, let's get started with uh, with the basics. So, how did you guys uh, get into your respective bands in the first place? Have you done other stuff before that, or did it lead into the the bands that you're doing now, or are these your first bands? Um, yeah, I I've been with a few bands uh, in the area, out of the area, uh, in New York, and. Um, you know, just playing gigs. I mean, we're going, going back pretty far. So, uh, I wasn't wasn't doing anything for a couple of years, and I was looking for something to do. Uh, this was in 2003, and uh, 
Steve, our guitar player from Beyond Fallen, uh, got a hold of me and uh, didn't know him at that point. And he uh, he wanted me to come down and try out. And I said, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to get into doing, because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go balls <laughs> out, you know, and it's going to take, it's going to consume my life. And I had to think about it. So I went down to see him practice, and I was like, Yeah, I, I think I might, might try this. And uh, one thing led to another, and we we went out there and stumbled along for a little while, and uh, and started doing more of our own music. We started, we got together, did a whole bunch of covers, and uh, and we put out a couple CDs. And next thing you know, we 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 got a deal, and we went to Germany, and a whole bunch of cool stuff happened, and you know, and that was it. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of, kind of got picked as, you know, being the circus ringleader or something of this crazy circus ring. You make it sound so easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I went to practice, went to Germany, you know. Nobody yeah, knows. and it, it uh, you know, it's it's been fun. You know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Now, was the 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 Germany thing that was that was probably a, a crucial point in, in the in the band? Like, oh, this is a big thing. Like, this is something that is going to propel yeah. the band forward. And, and, and yeah, we couldn't believe it. it. And and when we first we got you know we got the gig to play over at the festival and do these other dates, um, you know we were oh okay now we got to make it happen. Well, what do we do? Oh, we have to get passports and we have to get this and how do we get our equipment there and how do you do all these things? So yeah, we had a lot of friends. Uh, that had done these things, and we talked to them, and um, and they gave us advice on you know some things of what to do because we we didn't know we'd never traveled like that before, and uh, it was it was a great experience. It was it was pretty amazing, you know. I mean, halfway through the set, I remember I was like, I was like almost in tears because I was like, it kind of hit me that I was in another country, yeah. and I was on stage, and there was you know thousands of people, and and you know it just kind of hit you that it's like wow we never did anything like this before so it was, it was kind of humbling you know how about you Alex uh started playing in bands back in high school I did you know I did metal bands I was in cover bands acoustic alternative did a little country and then it was around college I met um CJ who was the current drummer in Threat Point and I was in his old band with uh Sam the original bassist from Threat Point you know we played maybe a year and a half for two years. Then we, you know, we broke up. Me, CJ, and Sam still wanted to jam, and Chris, his band around that time, broke up as well, and we had known his old band from playing out. Right. And the one who actually hooked us up was Matt Van Fleet, who's our current bass player, because he knew all of us, and he said, you know, these guys are looking for a singer. You know, we, we hooked up with him, and many lineup changes later, Matt Van Fleet is now in the band. Yeah. Which is cool, so it's kind of, you know, come full circle. And we've, back in 2012, so mm -hmm. we had our, our five-year anniversary, which was cool. That's awesome. We played a lot of shows you know, around the country. We haven't made it overseas yet. We're hoping to do that. And we, we've done a lot of shows together, too. That's how we, you know, we know each other. We've, uh, yeah, we've done many around, shows with these done guys. some good shows and done some shows where we played to the bartender. And, yeah. You know, we've... <laughs> done a little bit of everything but they're they're great guys to to play with and 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 great uh hard-working people on the on the scene here that uh i don't think people realize that but when you see another band do that they they are they're very hard-working guys and um and it's know, great to hook up with bands like like beyond fallen you know just same mindset go out play right. kill it every night no matter if you're playing to one person or hundreds of thousands yeah 
Now, you guys, you guys tour quite a bit. Uh, you know, you'll go out for a couple of weeks and you know go around the country and uh, different states and stuff like that. How does that compare to a lot of the shows here? Because I mean, we had we had a you know band a few weeks ago. And we talked about this, you know, the the scene going up and down, and you know, right. people used to come in droves to shows, no matter who was playing, and now it's you know much harder to get people to come out. So how does that compare to you know what what you've seen around the country? It's it's almost weird. There's almost I guess like pockets of where like metal is like the thing to go to. Mm. Usually the places where you least expect it. We played literally a backwoods venue in West Virginia to like 300 people that were just going ape shit. And that's, <laughs> when you got out of the car, you're looking at it, you're like, we're playing here. And it's the shows like that where people just lose their minds. And it's, yeah. it's really cool. Virginia, West Virginia, up to New England, we just did Maine, which is, we played there a couple times. And the, the metal scene up there is killer. You know, a couple of pockets. Oklahoma was really good. We did El Paso, Texas, which was really good. For some reason, I wasn't expecting that to be, you know, much of a, a metal scene. But right, you think more country in Texas, right. but you know, I, I yeah, I guess I, I would imagine there would be a, a good amount of metalheads still still down there. Somewhere. On the other hand, like, you know, people are the same in a lot of places you go. Even you go to another country or you go halfway across the country and play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are the same. They might they might have a different accent or they might speak a different language or something like that, but. Um, you know, people that are passionate about music are, are, are pretty much the same every, everywhere you go. And like he said, you know, it's kind of hit and miss where you know, there's these pockets that you don't really expect uh, different places. And I think uh, around here in northeastern Pennsylvania, I, I, I think we kind of take it for granted because even with the meltdown that we're doing, there's bands coming from, from some different areas that we, we have. And they, they love it, you know, coming here. They're like, you guys have such a great thing here. We love coming here. And I think we kind of take it for granted that we don't really have much going on here, but, you know, we really do. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of good, like, metal bands in this area or around the yeah. immediate area. Yeah, it seems like there there is, there is there has been for a long time, too. Like, I know, you know, growing up, like, I was, uh, you know, like, one of the only metal kids in high school. And so, uh, you know, I would have to drive pretty far to find stuff. And then one day, uh, it, it was it was a it was a weird thing, but uh, Drowning Pool when they first started out and they first had their their big hit and everything like that, they had some kind of contest where however many albums that they sold, they would go to the place where they sold the most albums, and it ended up being in northeastern Pennsylvania. So they did a free oh. show with the original singer before he died. It was maybe within a year uh, before before he died, um, outside the Gallery of Sound. <laughs> and it, it was a free show in their parking lot. It was amazing. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit, there That's are awesome. metalheads here. There are a lot of, you know, I, I, I'm not the only one, you know. And same thing when you see, you know, a lot of the uh, metal festivals used to come to Montage, you know, when they when they had them for a while. OzFest and all, you know, the, the kind of ripoffs that they've had thereafter <laughs> that are very similar to OzFest, but not exactly the same thing. The Rockstar Energy Drink, whatever they were. And uh, and there were a lot of people who would come out to those. So I mean, it's it's there. It's definitely there. But as a as a I- independent bands uh, who don't have you know record companies which can go either way, uh, you know, for or against you, uh, what are what are the, the challenges that you guys face to get people to come out and to uh, to get your music out there to people? Well, we were we were just talking about this I think a couple of weeks ago online. We were talking about how you know. We're, we're, we're trying to find well what's what's the reason what's the excuses people have and what mm-hmm. you know what can we do better 
to get people out and you know it's a, it's a different thing than it than it is 20 years ago so you have to kind of adapt to different things and adapt to the new technologies and things you know different ways of reaching people and um and you know one of the things that kept coming up was there there's this this unwritten law that the shows have to go on from 10 to 2 Mm. And that was that was uh, quite a debate because you you know we were, yeah, we were yeah. talking we, we, about we that. talked about it on one of the and, shows um, a couple weeks ago and th and that was and nobody really knows why that's that's <laughs> that, it's that way because right. you know there's a lot of different things you can do to work around that and um, and a lot of people said yeah you know I, I would do it if if it wasn't the commitment of being there till two o'clock in the morning hmm. when you do a multi-band show you have you might have three or four bands well headliner is going to go on at one o'clock in the morning or something right. Know? I mean, the air's out of the room by then, pretty much. You know, <laughs> you try to get people going, but yeah, I mean, nature. That comes back to that just, starting early. People are yeah. worn down, so um, so that was something to discuss. So try to maybe do shows a little earlier, yeah. maybe uh, start them a little earlier, and then have that last hour a time for the band to mingle, hang out, not just you know we're loading up our stuff and out of here. Sure. Um, and keep the party going, and have the music stop at you know a little bit earlier. Um, of course, the bars you know might not like that. They want to sell drinks till the end, but you yeah. know, they're losing a lot of people yeah, it, by it going late. Probably balances so, out, you would think. Um, you know, it's a different world than it, than it was twenty or thirty years ago. So, um, you know, the, the the commitment to hang out in the bar is, isn't isn't there as, as people uh, had it. So that's one of the things. The smoking is another thing that's come up. Mm. Um, the smokers on one side, the non-smokers on the other. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't want to. They don't want to go into the bar and smoke. And I personally don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, having to do a gig and, and, and something like that, it you know takes a little bit of edge off. Um, but there's places that don't have smoking, so the band's playing and half the people are outside smoking. So that's right. Um, but I think it's leaning more towards people want to be. They want to be able to go to shows and be comfortable and most people don't smoke so they don't want to be in a smoky bar so it's the early start and the smoky bars that people complain about um so it's, know, a, it's a lot more about the, the accommodations than anything else yeah <laughs> so we're trying to do things to adapt you know to, to to what people maybe want and if they still make excuses after that then then i don't know we've done our part but right yeah you know. <laughs> yeah you can only do so much but it is a challenge that, that and it, like going back to what you said the challenge is getting people out right and right yeah, I agree 100% with it's, everything that you said. It's difficult. Early start smoking. There's so many variables like I feel like that go into it, like time yeah. of year, uh, things like that. Like I know, like mm -hmm. January, I had a show in yeah. January that it was just oh, it's great like band. Teeth. Yeah, like just impossible to get people out. You know, it's just so many things go into it. I feel like that. You know, we we had the same thing with our open mics too. You know, we would have kind of that fluctuating because we would pack the place you know when the weather was good yeah uh, but not too good and it kind of had to be in the middle somewhere if it's hot and it's summer it's like no nah, everything's got to align i don't want to be in the bar i don't want to be there but yeah. if it's too cold well i don't want to leave my house so i'm not going to yeah. come out you know i'm not going to leave my warm blanket so or, we don't do as much in the winter you know yeah. we usually save the winter for writing and taking care of other things and um Regrouping, because you know you travel. These guys will, these guys will travel too, and they'll tell you, you know, sometimes it's yeah, the winter's definitely tougher. It's 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 tough, and it's hit mess because you don't know if you're going to hit a blizzard. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get right. the show, and it, it's a flop because it snowed. Sure. So, um, 
And you don't want to, you know, wreck your van or something. Yeah, you know, and, you know let's face it, it costs money to, to put these things on, so. Right. You have to think about it. I'd imagine the same goes for uh, the, the metal meltdown as well. Putting that together probably, you know, it, it takes a lot of time, energy, and, and money out of your own pocket to put something like yeah. that together. I mean, we're into our fourth year of, of doing it now. And, um, you know, we, we still have very small. This year was, was rough because we were trying to, uh, trying to recover for some, from some things that happened that weren't necessarily our fault. Right. Um, but the change of venue and things like that. But uh, yeah, we're hoping next year we can get some more sponsors and get some bigger acts and some things like that. But it is a lot of work. I mean, if you better love it or <laughs> you're gonna be pretty miserable doing it. Sure. So. And I, I'm sure that goes for the, the, the band in general as, as well. Uh, but uh, yeah. you guys both have n uh, new albums out. Well, yours is coming out pretty soon. Yeah, and, it's uh, out everywhere except here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but it but it will be out here um, uh, May nineteenth. Well, how, how did that how did that come about with the uh, with the uh, uh, distribution and the label and all that? Um, a friend of ours that's in uh, Germany, that okay. lives uh, in uh, uh, kind of close to Munich. Mm -hmm. He runs the label on uh, Underground Power and the distribution. He's run it for many many years, and. Uh, and we've been friends for, for probably 10, 10 years or so. And the opportunity came up. He, he just hit me up on Facebook one day. He goes, hey, what do you think about doing a deal? And we were like, yeah, uh, because, you know, the, the postage rates to send stuff from here overseas are outrageous. They used to be cheap. Now they, they went through the roof. So mm. we just simply cannot, uh, we just can't do it. You know, we can, we can ship stuff in the United States, but... So to have a distribution in in Europe and Japan of our music that we don't have to pay for is uh, you know is great. It helps us out tremendously for that market that we're after. You know, um, and he just uh, he just wanted to do a deal with us to, to to put it out, and that was it. And he shipped some this way for us to sell at shows and to sell you know here, but um, but that. That basically saved us, you know, having that. You, you've really got to have something like that if you're going to do anything out of the area, especially out of the country. Right. You got to have some kind of worldwide distribution, and um, otherwise, you're going to be going to the, to, to the post office and spending twenty dollars a pop on a <laughs> CD. Yeah. Which no band is going to be able to afford very long. So. So, so you you can be one of the few bands that can legitimately say that we're big in Germany. Um, I don't know, not big enough. <laughs> but, you know, we, we have some fans over there. We have some people yeah. helping us out. And, uh, you know, they like what they like what we're doing. And we've been over and we've made a lot of friends over the years. So seems like the, the language barrier doesn't matter as much overseas no. as it does here in the States. No, I mean, even when we were over there, everybody, everybody we ran into spoke English, except for one lady in, in Hamburg. And uh, we were lost. <laughs> we didn't have GPS, of course. So we were lost, and uh, we didn't know where we were going. So we kind of went out in different directions. And um, and I saw this old woman. And I said, hey, excuse me. She turns around. And I started asking her where such and such Strauss was. And, and she looked at me, and she went, <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was like, well, she either just didn't understand me, or she was just 
didn't like Americans. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> but everybody else was wonderful. Um, everybody else was. I have uh, this like great visual great. of this like little cute lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know. It's just funny. Yeah. She, I walked up to her and she just kind of you know, <laughs> waved me off and walked away. I, and uh, but yeah, the I mean, the language barrier was nothing over there. Which is kind of weird here because, like, when somebody, you know, people are, are like, oh, speak English. Here. Right, very but, much. But, you know, everywhere else, people are, you know, they have, they, they know a couple different languages and, and it's common for them. They learn it in school. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I think we're a little bit behind, you know, because we're, we're most of us aren't fluent in, you know, in, 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 in English, English alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> How our show is different. Like, Across seas and they are here because I, I just see pictures of, of of shows where it's like it looks like there's miles and miles of people, as opposed to here where it might just be like an arena or is that accurate or I, just... I mean it depends you know I guess you know bands struggle everywhere they have the same challenges everywhere um, we just got you know we got lucky enough to get on something that was worth flying over there to do where we'd be in front of a lot of people. Um, I mean, we could have hopped on a plane and went over and played a, a bar for, you know, ten people. But mm-hmm. if we were going to do it, we were going to do it something that we knew was going to be, you know, something an established festival. It was a tenth year at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, and we would get over there and, and do it in front of a, you know, a crowd of people that were into, you know, our demographic. Right. Basically, we're going after them. So, but yeah, I mean, it's. It's 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 a little different. I think people are people are a little more passionate about uh, you know not to put down people in America because there's a lot of passionate people here about music and art and things like that. But um, they're, they're, I don't know, it's a little bit different. I don't know. It's hard to describe, put into words. But um, they're, they're you know they're very passionate about their music and their art and, and the people that I met anyway. Hmm. Um, they take it very seriously. You know, they're not as, maybe as fickle as, as maybe some other people might be. Right. So the the new album is uh, As the Spires Fall, and uh, and you did the artwork for it as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. The the artwork is really impressive on, oh, on thank the album, you. I must say. And it's a uh, it kind of feels like a. I mean, having listened to it a few times, it's, it it feels like it's a cohesive story or a, almost a, like a concept sort of album. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is kind of. Um, it, it's kind of based around um, a story of of the Earth being liberated, mm. in a way. And to some people, it's not liberated. To some people, these are hostile invaders that are taking away our our way of thinking and our way of life and our beliefs and things like that. So, it's the the two sides of it. Mm. It depends on which side you're on. Right. And. Um, and it's loose. It's it's you know loosely based around all the, the songs are based around that type of thing, challenging, uh, <clears throat> challenging what's current, challenging what's uh, you know beliefs. There's a lot of sci- science fiction type of stuff there, um, and uh, you know a lot of people th- think you know oh it's a metal band and we're we're yelling about whatever and <laughs> kind of you know their their ideas of what. Of, of what a band like us would be, you know. Yeah. Um, but and we worked real hard on it with the lyrics and everything. So, uh, but that that is that is what it's basically around, you know. Is, is basically looking forward and uh, nothing really personal. 
Mm. You know, nothing that, that, that me pouring out my soul. <laughs> I'm more telling a, a story from, telling these stories from a different, you know, from a point of view. It's not something that would be, you know, ego-driven. Right. Like, this is about me and my feelings and my relationships and my, <laughs> my, my. And it's not, you know, it's, none of it's about that at all. Mm. Do you prefer that type of writing? Yeah, I do, because my life itself is... I don't think anybody would want to buy it. It's not as exciting as... <laughs> it sounds very imaginative. But it is, I think it is. Yeah. You know? I mean, we'll see what other people think. Yeah. But Now, are these aliens or monsters, or what are they, these yeah, they, yeah, well, they're, they're aliens that had to rely on um, technology, like cyborgs, to survive. Okay. So, and they, you know, and... and, and uh, the question is left of why they why they would come to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, are they here to mine? Are they here to enslave us? Are they here to yeah? Are they do gooders? You know, so the whole album kind of keeps that up in the air. Mm. Sounds awesome. Now, is that influenced by any particular uh, metal bands that have done stuff like that before? Um, not really. I mean, the music I think is influenced. You know, mm. um, I think Steve would probably be you know he'd be able to answer that better than me, but. Um, you know, as far as the influences and things like that. But I think when he starts writing, he kind of shuts down, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really listen to anything. And he he gets focused on on what he's doing when he writes. And uh, you know, and that's why he you know he comes up with all the riffs and everything like that. So um, you know, that's basically it. Are you writing around his music or vice mm-hmm. versa? Or? Yeah, mostly, okay. mostly, yeah. Mostly, he'll come up with he'll come up with the riffs and and he'll throw them around and then we'll all kind of you know we'll all kind of listen to it. We'll do we'll put the lyrics and things like that to it. And um, most of this was done not in a room together. It was mm. all done at home. Everybody contributing their parts. Okay. And then we put piece everything together like like a pre-production. Yeah. So so the the old way we used to do it was was you know you get in a room. Yep. <laughs> And uh, you get in a room and you say, got any ideas? No. You got any ideas? No. All right, let's go home. You sit there for a couple so, hours with no ideas. Uh, yeah, so you waste a lot of time like that. So right. we came up with a way to work that, that's, that's really a lot more efficient, um, and we get a lot more out of it. I built a little vocal booth in my house where they'll send me files and I'll do them. And um, we still practice live, hmm. but most of like our writing is, is done... Uh, you know, everybody's remote, you know, and like we were talking about the winter, mostly we use the winter months for that kind of stuff. And uh, and it took a long time to do this. I mean, piecing it together, but um, I think it was worth it. I'm pretty, pretty proud of it. It's our fifth one. And yeah. It's, it's, I'm a lot more proud of it than I am the last one because the last one was kind of done at a miserable time in our, <laughs> in our band. And yeah. I don't think anybody was really we're happy with it. It's a, it, the songs are great, but yeah, it just when I look at the CD, I think I think, well, that was a miserable time in <laughs> existence. You know, like we weren't. Well, it's good though to have. We weren't happy. You know, yeah. yeah but it, you create something and kind of revisit it and remember that era. Yeah, and you know, reflect on it. It's cool. Yeah, everyone. Like you got like these guys. I mean, they got a couple, uh, couple albums out now. They're cranking them out faster than we are, but, um, you know, Alex will even tell you. Um, you know, you, you get these things together, and they're they're your baby, you know. And you you know you go back and look at it, and it's 
It's oh, why did I is, do that? Yeah, or <laughs> you know, sometimes you sometimes you might have a regret. Yeah, you did this the wrong way or whatever. But um, yeah, you look back and you say, yeah. "This is where I was at this particular point," and I don't believe in going back and re-recording. Oh, that's a great song. Let's re-record the whole lot. No, because it's it is what it is. You just leave it the way it is. That's that piece of history right yeah. there. It captures that moment in time. Exactly, and move on. You know? Are you listening, George Lucas? Please, <laughs> please listen and stop. Stop touching Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars out of this garbage. <laughs> Alex, how how does your process go? Is it similar to to Joe's, or is it is it monsters and aliens, or is it life experience? And how do, how does as far as lyrics go, I, I don't write lyrics. Okay. I'm actually really bad at writing lyrics. <laughs> One day I said, I'm like, oh, I try to write write a song. I sat there for 20 minutes and to a blank sheet. I'm like, eh. And I picked up the guitar and wrote something. So I, that's not really... <laughs> well, he makes up for him a guitar. Mm -hmm. Brilliant right. guitar player. I try. But you're still, I'm sure, involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, whole process. the songwriting, our, our singer Chris also plays guitar. So he writes too. I write guitar riffs. Our uh, bassist, Matt, he writes a lot. CJ throws out drum ideas, you know, songs can come from anywhere. I've come in, hey, I have this riff, let's work on this, or Chris will have a riff, or Matt. Sometimes CJ has even, like, came up with, like, a drum pattern, we're like, that's cool, and that kickstarts, like, a whole song. We've, a couple of times, started off songs where Chris had just a vocal melody, and we actually wrote around that. So it's all, it's all different. There's really no set way of, you know, how we write, it's just whatever the, spontaneity comes from whoever has the initial idea and then we just kind of work on it from there that's like my generic band question like how does it work because <laughs> i can't process it and i can't like you know you're saying you walk in a room and you're playing this and this guy's got lyrics to that and it's just my brain doesn't work that way yes sometimes it works and sometimes like he said you'll get in a room for hours and just garbage well, everybody's got to find find their way of, of you know find their way of working i think in, in, in anybody who's you know used uh, like a program like Photoshop or something it's it's so similar mm. because everything is where everything's in layers and everything is at, at certain transparencies and certain colors and there's certain layer styles added to that and you know and that's that's how it is it's just just layering things up and knowing where to tweak this and tweak that it's a good uh, metaphor yeah. yeah that is a good metaphor yeah. I think a lot of artists are musically inclined as well just because of that, they're used to building things and right. creating, so to speak. So. Right, they have that, that mentality, which, you know, like, uh, you know, writing is usually a very lonely, solitary process. So to do that with a whole bunch of people, I think, is, yeah. it takes a whole other mindset, you know, to, to sit it's, down and, and put all of those ideas together. I love it. I wish I had that, that part of my brain that worked that way. It just doesn't. Yeah. Well, sometimes when you first put a band together, it's, you know, four or five people and it's, Kind of equal input and you know as you go on you learn that some people are good at one thing and some people are good at another thing and some people are good at the business mm. and some people are good at, at writing and and some people kind of fall back and just play their role you know so um you know very few bands that i know are, are you know equal everything's equally divided yeah and as much as you know the fans want to see that mm -hmm. i guess with you know bigger acts and stuff oh they want to see their band and everybody's equal well in reality behind the scenes it's not really like that there's mm. there's certain people that do you know most of this work and certain people who do this and like with our writing is is you know is like that like we have the driving 
creative force that pretty much drives everything else and then other people have their roles so yeah now Alex with your your uh, your guys music um, you know we showed the the music video before and it kind of it you know it told its own story uh, to go along with the music and everything like that it, are, are a lot of the songs like that are you uh, what are you guys trying to convey or, or what kinds of you know thoughts or feelings are you trying to get out there? What do you want the audience to get from it? For uh, I guess the general you know concept of the album, I, I'm not really too big with the lyrics. That would be more of a question for Chris, but mm. there's a lot of songs that deal with like the, the video Bury the Wicked. It's about you know the past is the past, you know, leaving everything behind. You know, the song, the title track, Rest in Peace, that's about the same thing, you know, just moving on in life, whether it be people, situations, jobs, anything like that. And um, there's another Tombstones of My Enemies, that's another one, you know, just people stabbing you in the back. And the my favorite song lyrically is um, Dead End Machine Land, it's called, and it, it's about technology and how people are just on their cell phones all the time. You know, you go to a restaurant and there's two people sitting there not even talking to each other, they're just... <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that is what society has really come to. You walk down the street, everyone's on their cell phone. No one's really paying attention or talking, really. Right. Being social in person is now social media. Mm-hmm. And and it, it leaves you with that kind of disconnected feeling. Right. You know, that you don't really know people. You kind of know a digital exactly. version of them, so to speak. You know, it's, which is you know what, what we're we're doing right now. So I guess I shouldn't talk. <laughs> but you know, you're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You're watching this on your cell phone as you walk down the street in a car. It's you right now. So. Look both ways before you cross. We need like yes. a disclaimer yes. now. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Watch at your own risk. <laughs> what I like about uh, metal music, which I think speaks to uh, what both of you guys do, is is both of your bands sound completely different, but that you can play the same show together. You know that uh, there's all these different kind of. You know, and people try to put labels on it, subgenres, and, and, and things like that. Which, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm just as guilty of it as a music writer. You kind of have to. That's the easiest way to tell people what something sounds like, because it's very hard to describe sound. You know, even the 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 whole the whole term metal came from a guy who was writing about like Black Sabbath, trying to describe well, what does this sound like? It's metallic, you know, and that was the best way that he could say it. And it, it just kind of evolved from there, and I think a lot of the subgenres are that, that same kind of thing. So it, it's cool to see something like uh, like NEPA Metal Meltdown, where uh, you know this you have a good sampling of all different kinds. And I think uh, Steve is very specific about the bands that he picks year after year to try and keep it diverse. Yeah, he he goes goes through a lot to try to put that together. Um, everybody's listened to. You know the the, <clears throat> the different acts tries to get diversity with with everybody we book. Same side we try to we try to have a core of local mm. acts every year that we've done for the last four years. Um, these guys have been on almost all of them I think maybe without without one. Yeah. Um, and uh, he does yeah he, he that's his department he does a real good job of listening and. Um, and picking some people and then introducing the area to some bands from out of the area that we bring in. Right. So, which is great too because, you know, here's somebody new that we brought in and we've now we become friends. Exactly. You know, like these guys meet a lot of bands on the road too, you know, like uh, 
And you get to swap shows with uh, yeah, I mean, it's areas. it's you know, it's about building you know relationships and friendships with people and uh, and uh, everybody helping each other out. I mean, it you know, it's it's good. Uh, there's no egos with it with with this thing. You know, those type of things they won't be asked back next next time. Right. So, but uh, yeah, we love playing with these guys. We, we wish our schedules kind of <laughs> uh, you know Matt jived a little more. little yeah. more. You know. Yeah, he's great band, great guys to hang out with, and like you said, it, we're different, but we're we're all we're like the, we reach the same audience. That's sure. what I love about metal. Like you guys were just talking about, you could have a death metal band and then like a more melodic band. Sure. That the audience could still enjoy, but it's just completely different. Yeah, they're gonna get different things out of it. even the right. performance styles. You know, are, right. are very different. You kind of have to do that when you set up shows too. You, you know, you. You can't, you can't have all the same bands doing the same thing. Mm. Um, people get bored, you know. People get bored quick. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you not only have to make your own show engaging and exciting, but, you ha you know, you have to think about the whole, if you put together a show, you have to put together people that are gonna, not just going to fill time, but, you know, are going to be able to get people's attention and, and give them something a little bit, you know, diverse with the lineup. You know, and uh, organizing it too, I'm sure, is just as getting the bands on and off stage, making sure everybody shows up on time, things like that. You know, that's that's uh, that's part of it too, I would imagine. Yeah, it, go, it goes well. It, you know, we have we have a, a friend friend of ours that's been doing it for four years that he cracks the whip and <laughs> and keeps everything on schedule, which I wouldn't be able to do. I'd be freaking out, but he does it. And, and you guys had a couple venue changes this time as well, which I'm sure presented another <laughs> another challenge altogether. Yeah, we had it. We had it at the one place for a couple years. For well, for the first three years. It was at uh, Diane's Deli. Yeah, which was great. Um, they treated us wonderful and, and let us do whatever we wanted. Um, it was really easy to work with. But um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, she closed, and, and uh, we had to find somewhere else. So. We did find somewhere else, and the person that booked it, uh, who was handling the bookings, apparently went left the club, and uh, and the people that that, that, that own the place, I guess, didn't didn't have any idea what was going on. Hmm. The person, I guess, took their book with them, and <laughs> <laughs> we're like, hey, we have a festival coming in, uh, you know, in, in a couple months. Everything's cool. No, we don't know anything about it. So that's comforting. Yeah, so it was it was that was fun to find out. Um, luckily, Pete Kelly, who is a huge supporter of, of everybody, uh, you know, all the bands and everything in this area, mm. at the Irish Wolf, uh, came and saved the day for us. And he's like, "I'll arrange it so you can move it here." And if it weren't for him, we wouldn't be doing this this year. So. Um, you know he's a great guy, and he's he's gone out of our, his way to help us, uh, you know, with a venue to, to, to keep it going. Yeah. You know, we were we were up shit's crook with, <laughs> with this. <laughs> so, so if I'm a lover of all music, so to speak, and I've never been to a metal meltdown, what can I expect? Uh, a lot of people drinking. Okay. <laughs> Check. Yep. <laughs> well, what do you think? That's important. Um, lots of moshing. Yeah. High a little energy. bit. Some, you can kind of do what you want. Like you can get crazy, or you can kind of hang back. Um, 
you know, everybody's friendly. Uh, you know, that's another thing. It's like, well, I'm going to go to this thing. Am I going to get killed? No. <laughs> no. I don't think we've ever had any injuries or anything serious. No? No. No, I don't I don't think I, anybody's been injured. I've, I've been there every year, and I, I yeah. feel like it's cool. You know, hey, if Rich says it's safe, it. it's, it's safe. It's that's safe. right. I'm an old man now. I don't get in the pit anymore. Disclaimer yeah. number two. It's a really, it's, it's, it's for, for this kind of music, and a lot of it's very aggressive and real forceful, Yeah. Um, but it's a real friendly uh, atmosphere mm. that we have, and it's kind of a party atmosphere in a hometown, yeah. but we also... It's also there's there's always new people that come and there's always new bands and there's always new people to make friends and um, we haven't had any problems. We, we, it's, it's things have been cool. You know, this is going to be the fourth year, and um, it's you know it's been a positive thing. It's it's been you know it's just it's just been a blast. And then that's why we keep doing it because people keep asking. They're like, "You doing it this year? You doing it this year?" So now we're coming up to year five next year. Now we're like, okay, now it's time to get serious about this and really go after some sponsors and really go after some maybe bigger acts and really, you know, open up the wallet and see and see what we can do to, to take it to the next level. Because that's with everything we do in a band. I mean, you you want to you just want to keep climbing. You want to keep sure. you know accomplishing things, and that's what we want to do next year, hopefully. So and we probably need to bring some people in to help us with that. Right. You know. Um, but you've been a part of it too, a great part of it, getting the word out, which isn't always easy around here. No, <laughs> you no, don't always not. get the cooperation. You can, you constantly have to hammer people, and you feel like after a while you start to feel like, am I doing this too much? Am I saying it too much? But you know, last night at our open mic, uh, I, I, you, you take for granted that people understand what an EPA scene is, and I try to explain it. Usually, I'll say at the beginning uh, before we start the event what we do and you can check us out on our website we're on facebook twitter instagram the whole nine yards i have this whole spiel kind of memorized at this point and i usually say it at the end too when i'm leaving so that you know people have it in their head or whatever and you know maybe about a half hour 45 minutes after we we're over some guy came up to me and he's like oh so you're going to keep doing these events i said oh well we'll see you know we're, we're talking about you know maybe doing it at some other venues and things like that and and he's like he had as the conversation went on i realized he has no idea what an EPA scene is and that the events are just kind of an ancillary thing. Like it's just an extra thing that we do for fun that we hope that you know supports the scene in some way or another. That the main thing is the publication, it's the, the website, and we have all this free content for people to consume. And he had been to several of these and it still never sunk in at any point that we do all of these other things. So you really do have to hammer mm -hmm. people constantly and explain to them and, 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 and not in a way that's, you know, condescending or crappy or anything like that. You know, I'm not, you know, shitting on this poor guy. He just honestly had no idea that there was this whole other part of what we do. So I'm sure, you know, same thing. You know, you're constantly promoting shows. You're constantly telling people to, you know, check out your music and stuff like that. And it's like right. you, you constantly have to tell people, oh, yeah, the album's coming out. It's coming out soon. you got to go buy it, you know, the whole nine yards. Well, like Alex will, Alex will tell you, these guys do tons of gigs and, you know, travel and, and do a lot of gigs in the area too. And we still we get people coming up to us and they've seen us for the first time. You guys have been doing it for years now. We have since 2003. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, where are you guys from? <laughs> I've never heard of you guys before. I've never said. I'm like, I'm like, how could you not? Right. But for some reason, we're we're just not reaching everybody. You know, we're not we're not able to reach everybody. And um, 
you know, it's surprising. It's mm -hmm. it's not. I'm not trying to insult somebody and say, "What do you mean you didn't hear? What do you mean you don't know who I am?" But <laughs> you know, it's 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 not like that at all. It's just kind of surprising because then we go back and we talk to the band. And we're like, "Well, what the hell, what are we doing wrong? That that we've been playing around here for this many years and." You know, we get people coming out that live around people here. They have no them. idea we exist. You know. Yeah. So, so you're you're always you're always finding that. We're, we actually have a, a question from a viewer, uh, Joseph Schneider. I hope he's uh, still watching. He said, uh, "I just recently got a band together, and I was curious. Uh, what do you guys think is the best way to get yourself out there and get in front of the right people?" Uh, we are playing uh, Coal Fest on June 10th in Reading, PA, at Reverb. Just hammer get your name out there play as much as possible in front of anyone and everyone use i hate social media personally but that is an outlet to get your name to literally just all over the world sure and That's just you know, yeah you know getting together with other bands you know locally like with us and mm -hmm. you know trying to reach out to bands from different areas you know hooking up with them you know swapping shows in different areas and just spreading the word. Well, new new band. I mean, find your thing that you do, and and you know, try not to chase trends because by the time I get here, they're 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 over everywhere else. You know, a lot of times. So, you know, find find your thing and find your niche, and just keep you know keep working it. I mean, it's it's always a struggle. Even the big bands will tell you mm -hmm. that it's you know. And have fun. That's the most important part. Yeah. Right. If you're not, then there's. Really, no point yeah, in doing it. You don't show have, through anybody too. will say if you don't have fun doing something, yeah, there's no point in doing it. Yeah. So. And, and uh, I appreciate the uh, the subtle plug he put in there. Oh, and we're playing this on this <laughs> day. See, so you already got the right <laughs> idea, Joseph. Did a good, good, did a good job there. Put yeah, that in. yeah, you got you got it out there. Um, nice. So, and, and uh, speaking of Peter Kelly, he asks, uh, "When are the Beyond Fallen shirts going to be available?" They are available now on the website the new ones uh they came out great they have the new artwork and things like that mm -hmm. um and they're also going to be available to shows uh the upcoming shows will have them um or you can order them off of our website so if you're local you'll be able to get them easily at the at the shows if you're not local you go to our website and, and uh, you can order them right from there so uh, to, uh, to to start wrapping up the uh, so you guys have the new album out that's out May nineteenth you said mm -hmm. and uh, you're gonna have a CD release show as well uh, that's also at the Irish Wolf Pub right mm -hmm. now uh, who's playing that with you and uh, what do you have what do you have planned for that show um, we're we're planning on playing our you know playing our new stuff playing our playing our new album which we've been we've been playing a lot of the stuff mm -hmm. but. Um, we're gonna to try to bring some new stuff that, that, that some people haven't seen yet. Um, not just the songs, but you know some other things we have planned. Uh, there's a band called Suicide Conspiracy uh, that's from Philadelphia that uh, is actually played on the Meltdown. That's yes. how we met them. Yep. They've done some shows with us here, and uh, and they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be opening. I'm not sure who else is on it yet. Um, I think Steve's still working on on. Uh, on the acts, there's going to be a couple more acts that are going to uh, that are going to open that. But yeah, we're we're really looking forward to that too. I mean, it's this is May. We have we have a lot going on. These are the high holy days of metal right now. You know, so <laughs> May's a May's a really big you know big month for us. 
Uh, what about you? I, I know you guys always have uh, some stuff coming up, so uh, you plug away. <laughs> uh, the Metal Meltdown next weekend. <laughs> uh, we have uh, also at the, the Finger Lakes Metal Festival at the end of May, I believe. Are you guys on that? We're on that, too. They're on oh, that's okay. another one that's coming up in uh, May 20th. That one is. That's yeah, the day after the up by CBS. Between Rochester and Syracuse, which is... They're, they actually told us about that, and we got on, we, we went on that one year, and it was pretty crazy up there. Yeah, it's a, that's a good time. And they've too. been on it probably three times now, something like that, three or four times. We're going on our fourth year, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a good time up there. And, um, crazy. It is, it, is, <laughs> it is pretty crazy. That's another pocket where people just lose their yeah, minds. Up, upstate New York, in between Syracuse and Rochester. Okay. This little town, what is it, Clyde, New York? Right? I think it's Clyde, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we thought it was pretty nuts when we were up there last time. <laughs> so you don't have to go all the way to Germany to, to find a good metal car. Oh, no, there's crazy people everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there is. So uh, we'll, uh, and then the uh, the metal meltdown, of course, is uh, the 5th and 6th of uh, next month, uh, Friday and Saturday. So uh, be sure to be there. There's a, there's a lot of bands playing, uh, like you said, from in and out of the area as well. Uh, NEPA scene will be there as well. Uh, we'll be covering it like we always do. Maybe we'll do some live streaming as well if that interests you guys. If you'd like to us to do some of that, we can uh, live stream on there. We always get a, a decent amount of people. So I'm going to go get my seat right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you, John. See, that's, that's dedication. That's what you people should be doing. You should be leaving Take right now initiative. to camp out in front of the Irish Wolf. Set up a tent. Get your sleeping bags. Yep. Get the grill. <laughs> well, it's good. I think it's going to be packed in there because uh, it's it's we've we've seen good crowds in previous years at right, Diane's right. Deli where there's a little bit more room there. So yeah, this is going to yeah, be a, a little more tight. Yeah. The the the, the uh, Diane's is a big room. There's a little bit more intimate, but it's uh, you know it's a great atmosphere uh, to play, and I think it's uh, you know I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's a great bar, and it's right downtown Scranton. You know, right in the heart of everything. Um, so it's a good lo good location. I think a lot of people will be able to get there, you know. Yep. But I'm looking forward to seeing these guys too because I haven't I haven't seen them since we played with them last time at uh, I think the V Spot. That was last. Was it last year? Holy yeah. crap! No, it was yeah. a couple months. It might have been a couple months ago. You know. I think. But like I said, I mean, it's it's, it's hard to support other bands because you know they're <laughs> you know they play a lot and right. they're going out of the area and it's like you know and then we play a show or whatever they're out of the area so. Um, that's the, the, the great thing about like the meltdown is we get together a lot of us who don't really get to go see each other mm -hmm. and you know not just get up there and play but you get to see all these great bands you know it's a lot of fun yeah, it's nice to just hang out have a drink with like these guys we, don't, we haven't seen in a long time yeah. so that'll be cool just to watch them yeah have a couple of drinks hang out with some newer bands like from out of the area right. yeah it's always a good time awesome so uh, we'll move on to uh, the, the last word. Uh, so this week, I uh, we wanted to talk about something a little bit different. Um, got, I got an interesting comment the other day, and it kind of sparked my interest. So that's why comments are so important. Please tell us what you want to see, not want to see, things like that. Uh, I'll be gentle, though. I mean, be nice. I know it's the internet, and everybody is an asshole on the internet. But like, <laughs> please, like you know, some more than others. Yeah, I'm a I'm, I'm a sensitive writer type. You know, like give me a break. So, um, 
So we, we had some stories the past couple weeks, and usually we try to stay positive on the site. And that's kind of the whole point of what we do, is there's so much media out there that just constantly focuses on the negative going on and how crappy the area is and how bad things have gotten so that we can feed those internet comments and, and get the traffic from the negativity. And we try to avoid that as much as possible. And it hurts our traffic in comparison because we're not usually covering those kinds of things. We're focusing more on all the good stuff that's going on here and the cool people doing good things in the area, adding to you know the arts and culture uh, that's around here. So the past week, we, we've reported that uh, uh, the uh, scranton wilkes Bluegrass Band cabinet had parted ways with their original drummer, Jamie Novak. And a lot of people know Jamie in the area and obviously are very upset about it because it seemed like uh, may, maybe it wasn't totally uh, uh, you know, his idea to, to, to leave the band. And, uh, but we, we try, if, if we're going to report on something like that, cabinet has gotten pretty big now. I mean, they're, they're at the point where they host their own festival at, at the Pavilion at Montage Mountain. So obviously they're a draw. Um, they, they sell out every venue that they play in the area and they travel out of the area. So they're, they're, they're obviously worth talking about and reporting on. And we do all the time. And all of it's usually 99% positive coverage. So this one time we had to say, okay, they, they, they parted ways. But we didn't say it in a way that was like, you know, we didn't try to dig into any kind of drama or behind the scenes crap or anything like that. It's just, okay, here's what Jamie's doing now. Here's his other projects. Go check him out doing that. He's Village Idiots and plenty of other cool bands. And, uh, and here's what Cabinet's doing. Cabinet has a new album coming out and they have the, the breakdown coming up and all that good stuff. And, uh, and a guy commented, was like, oh, it's oh, too soon. It's too soon. Like, it's, uh, how, how could you, you know, don't, don't be bringing up this, this kind of personal stuff and putting it out there. And I said, well, cabinet themselves as a band posted a statement on their facebook page so i think that's about as public as it gets you know and that's the only reason that we would cover it at all is because they publicly had stated uh yeah you know we're, we're parting ways with our original drummer and we're going in a different direction and things like that and so that's the only reason that we talked about it at all uh, so there was no you know it wasn't tried to you know uh, uh you know stoke the fires or anything like that or, or get people po'd and i think that was the only guy who ever said anything about it but still, the point is, is that we don't try to get into that stuff unless, unless uh, we have to. And same thing with uh, uh, the, the band uh, Curse of Sorrow, um, well-known band in the area. Uh, you guys have played shows with them before, I know. Um, the, the singer, his, uh, un uh, unfortunately, it came up the other day that uh, you know, his, uh, fa his family's house burned down. And uh, it was a tragic thing. And I felt like, ah, I don't know, if I, I, I don't want to put that information out there uh, unless it's already out there. And within hours of it happening, because I happened to be awake at that hour, and it happened at 1 in the morning, it was this huge blaze and everything. And I, normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch anything like that. But right away they put out a GoFundMe with his name, his pictures, you know, his family, the whole nine yards, uh, that explained the whole situation and put all of that information out there. So all that information is already readily available on the Internet. All we did was just make the connection that, hey, this is a guy in a band. And the point of us doing that isn't to exploit a situation anyway. I think people have such a negative connotation with media now that they think we're all out to just be evil assholes and mess with people and you know, uh, feed off of people's negativity and stuff like that. And that's just not what we do. The whole point of it was to plug the GoFundMe and tell people, hey, if you've ever seen this band over the years, if you've ever enjoyed them, you might not know that this guy you know, had this horrible tragedy happen to him. Thankfully, no one was hurt. You know, his family's completely okay, but they just lost everything. So we want to make sure that you know about that 
so that you can contribute to the GoFundMe and hopefully you know get them uh, uh, back off the ground again. And I thought it was interesting too that the uh, music scene right away uh, had picked up the ball and within hours, I, it wasn't even a full 24 hours after the fire, a benefit show has already been set up at the V spot. Uh, that information is on our page now if you want to uh, check out the story on there because uh, I can't remember all the details of the show off the top of my head, but like bands came out of the woodwork. Everybody who had played with them in the past, people who maybe didn't even really know them that well, were just like, I will contribute, you know, I'll give anything. If bands who can't play, oh, well, at least we'll, we'll donate something uh, to, you know, to a fundraiser or a raffle or whatever the case may be. Uh, so really that was the spin of the story, was that, you know, the music scene came out, to help this guy out, uh, who's you know contributed uh, you know so much over the years, and it's a guy everybody likes. You know everybody is is uh, happy about it. But I was you know in the back of my mind I was a little nervous because I'm like oh you know I hope Nick doesn't take this the wrong way. I hope he doesn't think like you know I'm trying to exploit his situation or anything. And thankfully, he had commented a few hours later and was like, thank you so much. This article actually made me feel a lot better about the situation. It was really good of you. Thank you. So that was like my, okay, you know, like my, I could wipe the sweat off my brow kind of moment. Like, okay, I'm, I'm glad that we, we went there and we did that and it helped in some way or another. You know, so I hope that uh, that helped contribute those kinds of, th uh, to, to, the, uh, to the fundraiser and, and help him get off his feet, you know, because I know it's going to be, uh, a long journey for him. So I, I figured, you know, as the last word, we kind of bring up what, why, why we do stuff like that. Why do we talk about these things? Do you guys feel like that's, uh, it's okay for media to touch those things? Or do you think there's, there's ever a point where they should say, okay, well, this is news, but my morals say maybe I shouldn't go there? I just think there's a way to do it. Like how you did it, you know, you're reporting facts, but you're also doing it in a positive manner. You're not doing it in a disrespectful manner or in a way that would in any way hurt anybody right. so I think that there's a way to do it with class and there's a way to do it uh, just with a little bit of honor I guess would, would you know what I mean without without offending anybody or you know you're reporting the news that's what you're here for that's what you do you know especially if it, if it is something to do with music musicians artists entertainment the area the community um, I don't think that um, I don't think touching on any of those levels unless you're doing it to, to be malicious is any, I don't think, I wouldn't think, you know, I mean, it's nice that you have that reflection. You're going to think about it and be like, okay, is this appropriate? Am I doing the right thing here? Like you should always be thinking that way, approaching anything. Sure. Um, so like it's I, good to, to have that kind of like second. Uh, like second I felt guessing. like, oh, it's not important for me to put the children's names in there. So I didn't put them in. Right. Like know, things like, like that. that. Whereas I knew them and they were public and they were on the, you know, the fundraising page and everything. But I'm like, that's just not necessary. People right. don't need to know that. That's not the focus of what we're doing. Right. There's no, yeah, like I said, if any anything inappropriate or any kind of malicious, and obviously that wasn't the case. You sure. Know, um, that's your, that's your, that's your publication. I mean, there's other publications that probably wouldn't necessarily have that kind of respect going going forward I'm sure you know we've read stuff like that all all the time like in the magazines and the stores and stuff uh, right I think what you did is much different than than that right yeah I mean you're only helping the situation right you know uh, I know Nick I don't say very well but well enough I, we've done business together and Nick God bless you and your family I'm glad you guys are all safe um, but yeah you're just you're just helping out the greater good and he's done I'm sure so many benefits to help others yeah you know so for him to you know get that reception back or that's the right word but um mm -hmm. to get that back is i'm sure it's very 
you know, appreciated from him on his end. Sure. And uh, but I think like, I think what you're maybe getting at is, we're always second guessing ourselves in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, reporting that kind of news or any like, or should I say this word or can I say that word? We're always second guessing it and just or, you know, trying to be conscious of 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 those things in this day and age. But, we- we do that second guessing so much because everything that we do is so magnified. accessible and it's so amplified and it's right there and anybody's opinion that they love to litter all over the place uh, is right below it, you know? And then you're constantly kind of defending yourself. You can constantly be taken the wrong way. You could constantly be misinterpreted or misunderstood. So instead of just being ourselves and like being comfortable and confident with what we do and how we do it and what we're trying to accomplish, we have this whole other thing in the back of our heads that's kind of takes away from the good intentions. The good intentions, because you're right. constantly having to, you know, defend yourself on the internet or on a website or on Facebook or whatever, you know, because people love to have their people love to have opinions. Basically, <laughs> that's pretty much like they love to have opinions and they love to express them. Right. Um, and, uh, Whether they're informed or not. Right. They just they have the keyboard that's right there. It's like, boom, that's just the American mentality. Like, this is what I have to say. <laughs> this is how I'm going to say it. And it's going to be in, immediate, you know? And so we're constantly have this, like, this thing going on in the back of our heads where we're defending everything we're doing. And it, and it, it sucks, but that's the reality of it. Mm. And, and it made me, uh, you know, I, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll leave with this. The, it made me uh, pop in, a story popped into my head about Nick um, when I was working with him. <laughs> on uh, a a story years ago when I worked for a print publication. And uh, we would always kind of of sit there, uh, not like they do now where uh, they just phone in the covers. Uh, We really sit down and try to come up with something imaginative for the covers and try to really tell a story with the image and things like that. And we had a great uh, uh, graphic designer who was able to put those images together and try to, you know, and and we we would sometimes fight back and forth. Uh, and I know John remembers that, you know, many times try to figure out what the cover was going to look like. And one time, uh, it was that the uh, uh, one of the metal festivals uh, was coming to the pavilion, and the Warp Tour was coming the same week. So this, so I was always trying to come up with an idea of like, all right. How, do you, how many times can you tell the same story about Warp Tour comes to the area again? You know, this this festival comes to the area again. That's been here a hundred times. Like, how do you tell that story differently? So I thought, oh, it'd be interesting if we did a, a versus thing. Because most people nowadays are only going to have the money for one or the other. And they're not going to go to both. And they both kind of had a variety of music. So it was like, so which one are you going to spend your money on? Which one was, was better this year? Was it going to be this festival or that festival? And so I was like, so I need somebody to, to, you know, to be, I knew a girl uh, who was interning for us at the time who was very punk rock. She had a big mohawk and everything like that. So I'm like, so she would represent the Warp Tour person. And so I need a metal guy. And I couldn't think of a guy who looked more metal than, than Nick, you know, with, the, with his tattoos. And sometimes you wear contacts and, you know, chains and all kinds of things. So it was like, okay, so it makes sense for him to be the metal guy. And so, so we had them sh- show up and I said, well, you know, I, I, I was thinking like a video game mentality, like a Street Fighter or something like that, versus, you know? So like, you know, two guys going like this at each other with verses in the middle, you know? And, I, and, and it, immediately he was like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, I'm a big guy and she's this little girl. How does it look like if I'm a big guy ready to punch a girl? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? 
I, I completely didn't think of that. Because I'm thinking Street Fighter, where, you know, you have uh, uh, Ryu or Blocker, somebody beating the crap out of Chun-Li, and nobody says anything. So I'm like, you know what, you're right. Yeah, that, that would be, that would send the wrong message. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. So it was more, you know, they, they kind of like stood up to each other, like chin to chin, you know, like that kind of thing. So it was still the same idea, but it wasn't, you know, uh, they, they weren't going to punch each other. And I thought, you know, that's, that says a lot about Nick and his mentality and what kind of guy he is. So, you know, that, 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 always, that always struck me and, and kind of stuck with me. But uh, I guess that's it for, for this week. Uh, so uh, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, please check out the NEPA uh, Metal Meltdown uh, coming up next weekend. I'm not sure if I plugged it enough yet, so I'll say it one more time. So uh, thank you thank you for uh, for both of you for coming on as well. Thank and, you for having uh, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you.